This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Bergiola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello out there, disaster divas. You are listening to the Disaster Girls podcast. I am your co-host, Jordan Cruciola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And we, thankfully, are going back into under the surface. Ugh. I'm so, so enjoying the this show. I'm Yay! so enjoying this show. I'm already, I'm, I'm so disappointed I don't get more. Yeah. I'm so disappointed this is one season. I fuck that, man. I know, right? Like, I don't know about you, but every time that Circo comes back on my screen, oh. I'm angry we're not going to get a Circo bottle episode. It's such a bummer. It's, this is a good show. This is a, this is a show that really, it feels like it would thrive on streaming now. Like, yes. if this was a Hulu show, yeah. it feels like it would find its audience. I think so. I think that, I, and I'm almost curious about, like, I have to assume that Surface was getting at the time the kind of ratings that La Brea is getting now. I you have given the time differential yeah. and how ratings work now. I have to believe that this show did today's solid ratings. Yeah, solid ratings for linear television. Yeah, I mean it's, but it is. It's actually it's a fun show, right? Like it's stupid. This show looks at science, flips it the middle finger, and then sets it on fire at every single turn. They had no science consultants. And if they did, those science consultants <laughs> were spending their money drinking, and I give them full support for that because this is this show makes no sense, and I love it for that. Yeah. Because it's just like, what is the most entertaining possible option? And every time there's an entertaining option, they just gun it. They do, and I... I I'm like, because I know we only like, obviously they didn't, you know, like they weren't writing like, oh, we're getting one season and be done. Like I'm, we're spending so much time with Lake Bell being Mm -hmm. shoved to the side by like Team Circo that I'm like, fucking just get her on the team, guys. Like, I'm pretty sure it's coming soon, but it's like we've diverged now into like she's taken a service, a a waitstaff job to like pay the bills at home because her electricity has been cut off. And it's like we are wasting precious moments when Circo and Lake Bell could be teammates and I'm getting very annoyed that we're not just cutting to that chase but again they weren't necessarily writing like we got to wrap this whole thing up in one season so I understand but I'm still annoyed yeah I mean if this show were were written at the pace of La Brea if we were getting this show at La Brea with La Brea breakneck speed wow right like she would already be not just on team Circo but like have fist fought one of the sea monsters because oh, yeah. that's yeah like that is she would show, be uh she would be like a senior cabinet ad- official in an administration president 100 yeah but this show i mean like to contextualize again this show is in is trying to be the next lost which yeah. all of those shows at the You're time right. were so it was doing that that slow strip tease of like we're just gonna give you little bits of information versus now where la brea it's it's actually like from a 
from a, a cultural and like a writing standpoint, it's fascinating because La Brea is very clearly written for the streaming era. Even, yeah. though, it's a, even though it's a network show, it is written to be binge watched. It is written to be binged. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas Surface pacing wise is 100% written to bring you back the next week to try to get those answers. And yeah. then of course, never give you the answers and just create <laughs> more questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, to, keep, to keep teasing you with the mystery box. Exactly. This show has such a mystery box because they just keep because I don't and this is one of the questions I'd love to ask the Pate brothers is did you know what those things were like do you know the origin of those creatures did you have that fully in mind or is this something that you were like we'll figure it out as we go along because even like the morphology of them seems to change (laughs) there seem to be a lot of questions involved within the structure of the show itself that maybe don't need to be there but again never something that I needed from the show. Like, Uh I will never require from this show consistency. (laughs) I completely agree. Yeah, it's the journey, not the destination, man. And the journey Uh, involves a lot of women in bikinis. A lot of when the, it's, I was deciding, like, was it, I couldn't decide if it was handled well or it wasn't handled poorly, but I couldn't decide if it was handled well for what it was when Lake Bell goes out on a monster chasing expedition with a guy she hooked up with once before who mm-hmm. runs like a, a like a, a boat. And she's going out. She's like, I need you to help me take to, to like take me to find whales. And so she's lying. She needs to find the monsters, but she knows the monsters um, are like, she's pretty sure they're like feeding on the whale population. So they go on to whale territory off the coast of California. Boat gets fucked up by a creature. There's an EMP situation. Da, da, da. Well, the boat has to be fixed. For some reason, the guy's like, I can't fix it because, like, my hands are too big. When she, she volunteers to fix it. And first of all, when she does get down there after her volunteer job because she has smaller hands, it's wide open spaces. There's absolutely nothing that a small lady's hand is required in this task. There's no tube she has to put her hand in. She is simply putting a wrench against a propeller. Like, the, the, a man yeah. could have 100% done this job. Um, but oh well. But like when she's like, I'll go, my hands are small, I'll go down and do it. And he's like, but you're, and she, she's like, yeah, that's what I thought. Like you're a woman kind of thing. And she's like, you know, stepping up. Mm -hmm. And the way she just like strips off her shirt, like right then and there, I was like, I can't decide if this is gawking at her or if it's just like, well, it's a girl in a bikini. Like I couldn't tell if it was douchey or not. I kind of don't think it was. It seems like it was handled well enough, but it was, it also was just like, how do we get Lake Bell in a bikini? I think that the answer to any of those questions is shrug emoji. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, again, these guys, I haven't watched Outer Banks, but Outer Banks, mm. I, my understanding is involves a lot of people in bikinis as well. Um, <laughs> and this is a show where Leighton Meester exists. Le- Leighton Le- Meester lives in a lives bikini. in bikinis. <laughs> And like, I mean, and we're never lingering. We're never leering. Right. That's the thing. It's never like there's a slow sweeping shot of the body. There's never like, I mean, we get a little bit of a visual joke of Miles staring at her friend. I think it's Amber. Yeah. Amber's boobs. We get a little bit of a joke about that. Yeah. But like the the bikinis feel very utilitarian. They do. They honestly do. And we're never like in the way like we never we never introduce a person body part first yes as so often happens with women in skimpy things like we'll start not even necessarily on cleavage we'll start with the midriff we'll start with the line the butt shot yeah classic like butt running towards something we're never getting any of those shots no 
so again, it feels very like it feels almost um, clinical. Yeah, yeah, it does. But by the same token, I mean, you've got Leighton Meester looks like I mean, Leighton, Leighton Meester it, what played the supreme mean girl for a reason. Yeah, yeah, like, she's perfect. She's perfect. <laughs> she's with perfect. the most early two thousands body you could possibly imagine. It like, is. <laughs> One of the things I do love about the show the is how... The bikini that Lake Bell... I mean, ble- like, bless hot Lake Bell. The oh, bikini God. she... Like, the low... The low even rise of that bikini is, yep. like, there are the acres of torso that were, like, I discovered mm-hmm. in the 2000s how the belly button really kind of is, like, in the center of your torso. Because you're when you're wearing jeans that are not, like murderously low rise when they're wearing like a normal rise jean yes your belly button looks like it's about around your waistline like on your jeans like around the top of your pants and then in the 2000s like how did how did women's belly buttons move in the 2000s to be so fucking high it's like no it's because their underwear were so fucking low yes these are the teeny teeniest little bikinis that a person could wear it's because every like just if you are a, um, a gen zer who's never experienced this um, there was approximately an inch and a half between the top of your clitoris, if you had one. If and yeah. well, you know, being inclusive, but yep, like yep. top of your clitoris, about an inch, inch and a half, and then waistline. It was, I mean, it was unbelievable. Like you yeah. look back, you look back at those those images. Like obviously that was the style of the day, but like it was very much epitomized by the Britney Spears look. Like oh. Britney Spears in any gene, in any music video, in the aughts, and mm-hmm. like that 2000s body. Yeah. Like looking at that now, it's like, my God, shorn within an inch of her being was yes. this person. Like Just it is stripped as smooth as a seal. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Seals have fur. I, yeah. I can't. I It is. It, 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 and like you said, the like the the parade of bikinis it just feels it feels like the most sort of agnostic relationship yeah with the the hemlines of the 2000s that one could have it absolutely like, this is it's i will say like like god bless lake bell for <laughs> yeah. just having i mean I, not to like be weird but <laughs> I remember watching this and being like, Lake Bell's boobs are the boobs I wish I had. They're like, they're aspirational. They're she has aspirational. Yes. I am looking respectfully. They're it is extremely like, respectful. Like Lake Bell, like, they're, on, the they're honestly you hear like this. They're just they're great. They're just like they're great. Just excellently crafted. That's what I was like. Is they're not like it's like not all boobs are created equal, and these ones are these ones are hitting so many check boxes for just like. Yes, girl. Like, yeah. wow, good for you. <laughs> like, people yeah. buy boobs to have boobs that look like this. Absolutely. Like, and I got like that's one of those things that um, is always almost like Lake Bell is too hot <laughs> for the characters she plays. Yeah. Um, and I say that like in the nicest, not even like as a criticism, but more just like she got Lake Bell Bell's best she is a character actress and her yeah. specialty is like eccentric little weirdos yeah um and i have a i have a hypothesis about that a, a reading of the character of laura daughtry that i will get to in a moment that i think informs and will makes the show work so much um but lake bell in this just 
she's so hot and she's playing such a weirdo and she always does. And I feel like that's part of the problem with Hollywood is they're like, why are you so smoking hot? But you you want to play these eccentric characters? It no. does. I, I truly think it, I truly think people don't. Yeah, they can't process what because they want to they want to put the category and like you know the yeah. famously uh, semi recently it was within this like last couple months like there was that Sydney Sweeney quote that went around where she was you know profiled for something and was like I was told that like I didn't have like what was it like the face for TV or something like yeah. I I didn't have the right like and it's like you mean super hot like I don't know like, what. I like where there's this odd line of like, well, like, you know, you look at careers like someone like a Denise Richards. Yeah. And the, you know, pervasiveness of the idea of hotness really defining, I would imagine, the kinds of roles she gets offered. And Denise is a fucking shrewd woman. Obviously, like, she like did that 30 Rock arc where there was like, like, what was like stupid people were like protesting for rights, like idiots deserve rights too. And she was out there leaning in, like playing into this image of herself as a bimbo. And I think you see that in something like, I think she's coming out of it and do a different stage of her career now, but I think Alexandra Daddario has dealt with that sort of similar thing, like building her filmography into her 30s where people are just like, I mean, you're hot, right? You're hot. You're hot. You're you're smoking hot. So like, here's some hot stuff. And it's like, I mean, yeah, like I get that I'm really hot, but like also like, do we have any other ideas for me? And it's like Lake Bell's insistence that she's going to play the scientist or the voiceover specialist or some sort of like quirky unexpectedly professionally yeah. aligned character it like it doesn't jibe with people that she is a 10 and so they're like we we simply don't know what to send you because these two things don't make sense to us right exactly which is why i think the disaster sphere is one that she would really excel in if given mm-hmm. the opportunity and if she had the interest because i love that I was, oh my God, imagine Lake Bell and Moontastrophe. I was just thinking of that. Yeah. I was just thinking yeah. of that. Lake, Lake Bell, Bell and could Moon- pull ro- any Roland Emmerich movie. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't thinking, I wasn't, I was thinking my Moontastrophe. Oh yeah, no, 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 but yeah. I'm saying like, yeah. we can put her there and by transit, pro- like we can put, put her, her into any Roland in, Emmerich. Yeah. I mean, she's basically, you're basically writing it for her. I, I, I am now. <laughs> like, having just said those words out loud, a hundred percent I'm writing it for Lake Bell now because- yeah, she is some, she can do the intense. And that's, so I realized the other night as I was thinking about um, Laura Daughtry as a character. <laughs> who, like, so here's the thing for me about this show and about the way Laura is written, which is that Laura Daughtry is an incredibly smart person who at every turn makes the stupidest choice possible. And who I'm, I'm the thing I don't believe about this show mm-hmm. is that she has a child. Despite yeah. the presence of the child, the child in her life, the child living with her, there is no maternal connection with this child. Yeah. She is this child's aunt. She is well, this child's right. unreasonably older sister. Like that, there's that would have made nothing. such a better right. Yeah. Like maybe my mom got remarried. My dad got remarried years down the line and this is my stepmom's son and he's my half brother. But like we really bonded and I had to take care of him after the accident. Like something that just makes him not her biological child that she has a connection to. Not that's Yeah, it's not there, especially because like with once you having met the 
bio dad in the first or first or second <laughs> yeah. episode. He's very clearly so much more in a more stable situation that yeah. it's very hard to believe that she wouldn't have chosen to be like, hey, you know what? I'll get visitation. You take majority custody versus yeah. what it's very clearly in the show, which is she has majority custody and he gets visitation rights. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't it's, think it's she would even bananas. insist on that. I don't think our Laura Daughtry would even... I think Laura Daughtry didn't mean to have a kid. Oh, and, yeah. Or she, like, she, she like he wanted a kid, and she was mm. like, yeah, I can do that. And she's, like, a good mom if you don't rely on her emotionally. Yes. And she's always going to be in your life, and she's flighty. She'll be she'll pick you up from school, but she's going to be late. Like, she's not going to be a great mom, but, like, mm. she's not going to be a toxic mom. No, she'll be a fun mom. Which she'll is be a fun going, mom. Which is why, again, she works as a sort of as a visitation rights parent because they function like like, roommates in this show they really do like she'll like they they just like bounce lines off each other like they're fucking roommates like when the power goes out and she's you know this she's she's found like a sound recording of the creature and she's like if i can prove like if i have a physical evidence of a sound like i can prove there's a new creature i could get jobs i could get opportunities the power goes off and he's just sitting there playing with a dinosaur on the couch and he's like you could pay the electric bill it's like these are college roommates yes her and and this child and this child is like six to seven this is a child who's very young to understand how the power bill works the way she just collapses onto the couch next to him and her little sleep tank top and sleep shorts it's like this is not your son. <laughs> no. It's very... It like, feels like you're about to... He's about to hand you a beer. And you're about <laughs> to commiserate right now. That's why it, like, it makes so much... I agree that, Which like... Which is endearing this, in if, its own way. It's great. I really like the dynamic of the I two of them. Do. If you had canon that, like, this is her younger brother who <laughs> yeah. she's had to take in... She had to take in as an infant when her parents died in a horror Yeah, it's, it's her nephew and yeah. her sister passed away or something. Yes, we've got one that would... We've got that kind of a situation uh-huh. that makes so much more sense and makes as a character makes her a better character, partly because we're not every time she's running off. You're like, um, son, <laughs> yeah. where is your son? You're on a where? boat. Because when he. Yeah, you're you've been on a boat for 48 hours. Yeah. Who's checking on him? She just left him with an auto feeder and he's good to go. Which <laughs> seems like something they would agree to. Like that kid knows how to make an omelet. Yeah. That kid knows how to make like a basic dinner because his mom is like Belle. She is marine biologist like Belle. Like this kid is so self-sufficient. Yes. And but he's not like and it's not in a he's not in a fucked up way either. Like he just goes back home to dad and dad's like you wouldn't have to make yourself breakfast again. He's like dad it's fine. Like we went to the amusement park and then she left me at home with some food and some DVDs. Like <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> I know she loves me. She tells me she loves me all the time. Like, I don't doubt, like, that I, she doesn't blame me for her life's problems. Like, we're cool, Dad. Yeah. Dad, it's fine. You know what? It's actually better she's not around because I don't have to listen to the sea monster noises. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I'm saying, like, because then when she takes him off on adventures, as we saw with the hagfish and going to the beached whale that was also not advisable. Like, it's not like she should be taking him on these missions she goes on. Right. No, uh, it is for the best that this child, she's doing right by the kid by not, by leaving him home. Yeah. The question is just, could she possibly leave her six to seven year old child <laughs> yeah. home alone? Um, and is that advisable? And you know what? If he's like, which 
he kind of the kids every single one of those kids because he's not a bad terrible disaster child no he's, he's pretty very, ad- he's pretty adjusted yeah he's a very precocious he's almost like a tiny man who, like an adult man who has been trapped in the body by at, cursed by a witch right in the body of a toddler yeah and so it's just like i mean it's it's very if you're why i don't know if you watch what we do in the shadows no um, but gosh people say the nicest things about it oh it's a fun it's a fun one um but there's currently a one of the characters who's basically regenerated um he died and now has come back and like is growing very rapidly and he's now an eight-year-old boy but <laughs> with the face of the main of the character as like the adult character um, but has the personality of an eight-year-old. Oh no! Yeah, it's 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 weird and horrifying and wonderful. But it's like this is the inverse of that. This is a child with the personality of a forty-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, he's like in some ways like like an older gay man that she's friends with. Yeah, they're just, just like it's like it's like in a you know it's it's like in a '90s sitcom when friends would just come into each other's apartments. He mm-hmm. lives in the house next door, and he just comes into her. He just comes in anytime he's got a key. Yeah, and it, he just, checks out no the past two notices and just hangs out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, like you could imagine that this is like a guy that she's known since fre- undergrad of college. They've been yeah. through everything. Yeah. He's he was a liberal arts major. She was, you know, on the bio track. Yeah. Support each other. Now they just, you know, they still stayed friends. <laughs> yeah. He can tolerate her messiness and yeah. he's good stability for her. Yeah, she maybe like he she rents the guest house behind his main house. Yeah, very much so. It's mm-hmm. it's shocking she has a home of her own. It's a very which is a large and lovely home. Yeah, I'm she surprised has, they didn't like fully put her on a houseboat or something cuz she seems like somebody who would be like living on the living on the pontoon. Like Carrie Fisher and yes. Drop Dead Fred. She's living on the houseboat. Yeah. I mean it just makes more like it makes sense for her and makes more sense than the house with the crystal curtains and the giant speakers like none of that is yeah. I mean Jordan you've been to my home yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah and I am only an undergrad geologist yeah how many more things from how extensive is my rock collection That's in my true. home versus the number of fish samples in her home <laughs> also like there's That's extremely true yeah. and especially with how like her job is her life she is yes. this career she is like she does what she is. This person would 100% just have a house filled with things that are her job. Yes. Like she would have marine biology things fucking everywhere. Her work would be at home with her. That yeah. is a very good point. Yeah, she 100% her house. Like that is always the one one of those things as I look at it, I'm like, this doesn't look like a house mm. that she would live in. Yeah. Um, partly because this character makes a lot of sense if you start looking at her weird, stupid choices and, like, the fact that every time Circo's like, stop looking. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to press harder and I'm going to yeah. call you on your cell phone and play the audio for you to show you proof that the monster exists. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of micro-focus happens um, and that kind of weird insistence and obsessiveness happens if you go with the idea that that character is neurodivergent and <laughs> definitely on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. And then her character makes so much more sense, which... Again, makes Lake Bell as a as a character actress. If Lake Bell is just playing a super hot autistic woman all the time, that character works. That makes sense. <laughs> that, that character is, works. That is who that is who Laura Daughtry is. And it like on second watch, watching being like, okay, I understand what's happening here. I understand this micro focus. It makes all of her terrible, terrible, terrible. Because every this show, all of her plot lines are propelled entirely by her poor decision making at every yeah. turn. 
Yeah. Which she's is weird like, because... Un- like, she's right. She's yeah. right about everything she's saying. And yet, the and yet decision she... making is poor. Exactly. And it's like, and that's one of those things that feels almost like a disservice in the sense that you're like, she's too smart to do these things this way. She's too smart to keep trying to fight the government. Yeah. To, to fight the government. Because, I mean, she's going up against... Circo, who's already told her stop, and then like Circo's fixer Lee, who is <laughs> so goddamn hot. Yeah, um, he's a he is a sexy man. He is a. I mean, that man has just a, a little close cropped, just a perfectly shaped head. <laughs> what a truly, just a magnificently shaped head. Um, and he, of course, Lee is just a government fixer who manages to like retroactively make it look like she. Um, plagiarized paragraphs of her thesis rendering which means that her phd is now invalid jesus yeah like that's those are the kind of choices she's making are choices that end with her phd becoming invalid because of government fixers because like she's she's on the like but she's 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 not amassing enough evidence to come to she's like a piecemealing taking evidence and being like you gotta let me on this thing instead of having so much irrefutable proof in her hand and some kind of leverage that she's just like exposing herself to more and more and more reprisal yeah and retaliation without actually getting any further in her agenda it seems right and that's the thing that's like and i again think that is partly the the nature of the writing at the time that if this were done today, she would already be back paired up with Jay, you know, the Southern guy who got, yeah, yeah. she'd be, or wait, no, his character's name is Rich. His name is Jay. The actor's name is Jay. So she'd be, she would be paired up again with Rich already being like, here's the evidence I've got. We got to take this to the media. Like by yeah. episode six, they would be going to the media. And instead we're getting this very like slow drip of here's the new evidence I got. Circo, are you in now? And Circo's still like, no, go away. And we just yeah. keep every episode. We have this interaction of some kind of just like Lake Bell being like, hey, I got more data. And so yeah, like, and, yeah, Rich, and Rich continually just getting lost in the smallest bodies of water, puddles, yeah. drops of drops of rain um, and having flashbacks to losing his brother to the monster, pulling him away underwater. And now and his brother like, is talking to him, which. Fascinating. Are, do you I, I won't ask for what the answer is, but do we get an answer on the status of the brother in season one. So Jordan, I think the answer to any question when you say, do we get a resolution is no. Okay, okay. Like any time, I'm trying to remember if there is anything, and it, it's been a while since I've done a rewatch, so, but my instinct is to say that no, nothing gets answered. Damn. Ever. Okay. Yeah, no, they're not, they're not like- You really do looking. need to, you really do need to talk to these brothers. I'm so, do you understand now? <laughs> do you understand now once, why the show had me once they revealed that the dinosaurs or that the the sea monsters swim in magma when I was like that I was need- a really cool reveal they like they I don't remember they like a lake dis- like sink falls into a sinkhole gets absorbed yes. into a sinkhole in and Texas. then they send a rover into the sinkhole and it goes 43 miles into the earth and mm-hmm. ends up in like a magma chamber and before it incinerates because it's so fucking hot it takes a photo of like one of the creatures like it looks like it's rolling off a rock into just magma ready to do the breaststroke right through yeah just he looks like he's about to go swimming in magma yeah and that was a really cool reveal 
a great moment. It was such a great moment. That was, I, I will take credit for this. I'm 99% sure I'm the one who coined this, but back in the day on TWOP, Television Without Pity Boards, <laughs> oh, yeah. just to, to date this, yeah. on the Television Without Pity Boards where we discussed this, I'm pretty sure I'm the one who coined the term Magmasaur uh, to describe that, which became, which became the term because that sounds like, it feels enough like a thing I would have said that I'm 90% sure it was me. Someone else came <laughs> up with calling Dr. Daughtry, Laura, um, the marine boobologist. That's very odds. We yeah, could, we very. We could also call her Laura Hawtrey. Oh, yeah, it would have also worked. We but could. it was marine boobologist because we're always like, God, they just really want to make sure we know she's got them, huh? Yeah, and it's it, it, again, it's in this, it's in this mm-hmm. way of like, you know, it's like, do, is it, is it what is the respectful choice to yeah. conceal or to just give her a normal fucking tank top and be like, listen, she's just a gal yeah. who happens to have excellent boobs. But like, look, she's just wearing a tank top like a person would, man. Like and because they there are there they they are very front and center. Yeah. And it's like it's like in, in, in the movie San Andreas. When it's like you can't when she's swimming toward the camera. Yes. And yes. like in a in a move that is so like there's none of we haven't seen that like even like when lakes underwater in the bikini fixing the thing that she doesn't need to be done there fixing because he could have done it himself um there's no like make sure we're into the we're on the parts under on the body underwater yeah. versus like that movie had been pretty good san andreas had been pretty good the entire time about like the fact of alex daddario but then just like they have this one swimming shot where it's like can we get a full breast stroke to camera alex like we just need yeah. one the studio wants one of these and it was so so obvious that like the theater i was in just started laughing yeah. Like it was everybody was just like, OK, like we know what's going on here. I mean, because it was it was ridiculous. We call that the Zack Snyder shot. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, it was. But, so anyway, the Magmas was, uh, do you do you want me to science a little here? Because I can science. You a should. Here, yeah, I, I really want. That's to, what we're doing out, here. This is this was all the times I was like, ah, yes, they had no geologists or science advisors on board because the deepest that any human that we have ever drilled into the Earth's crust is eight miles. OK, Um. Which eight miles into the Earth's crust, we did it, it off. Uh, we did it in oceanic crust because oceanic crust is thinner. Continental crust is much thicker. Oceanic crust is like ten to twelve miles, if I remember correctly, and then continental crust, fifteen to twenty miles. Okay. So okay. when we say that this the rover has gone forty three to forty four miles into a hole, not only is that was that five times deep, um, over five times deeper than we've ever drilled into the Earth's crust got it okay that's fully through the continental crust and into the mantle okay so if they're suggesting that there are magmasaurs in the mantle Mm -hmm. that is a bananas and wonderful like what a delightful concept that is that the the mantle is full of magmasaurs but that's not what they're saying because they had no science advisors right and i don't care they just were like 43 to 44 miles sounds deep let's do that and it's like that's well into like that's well that's into, way deeper than like we find godzilla in godzilla king of the monsters he's I like would, right he's like in a he's like in a little hot cave and yeah like they go like in a trench they're like into the deepest trench then they go but like yeah and they're they're not they're not like they're not like past 20 miles at that point yeah no this is this would be this would be at the point where we're in the core and there are remember the, the or not, yeah in the, but like in the movie the core yes when there's like the geodes of diamonds that's yes. how deep we're going here like we're going real deep into uh, it's it's a lot um 
but I don't care. Like, yeah. don't care. Sure. <laughs> the mantle is full of magmasaurs and they finally managed to break free. And why not? I will go along with that. It's also impossible. Like when they're like, it, this match is the DNA of a, I don't remember, a Leplerdian. I don't remember how to say it. But it, of a prehistoric reptile. Okay. From 100 million years ago. <laughs> DNA doesn't last that long. That's like why we can't, <laughs> that's why we can't Jurassic Park. Like, right. DNA, okay. Yeah. DNA does not, DNA decomposes much faster than that um, and it breaks apart. So we can't, we can't t- match DNA. Again, I don't care. I yeah. don't care. Give me no science. Just throw words at me. I love it. Yeah, I'm and happy. that like that these things would like that their native habitat might be magma, and that they can just like come up into normal water mm-hmm. and with no with not worrying about the pressure differences. No, nope, no nope, pressure. They they the temperature difference doesn't affect them. They it's not like we have to be in lava level mm-hmm. temperatures or like we will die. They are they are tardigrades, man. Yeah, fucking put them anywhere. They can live on the moon. Yeah. Put him I would watch that. I would watch. <laughs> yeah. Just I would watch floating in open space on any terrestrial surface, um, no matter the differential in like chemical and atmospheric makeup, pressure on the ground. Like, nope. Put him anywhere. Doesn't matter. This is where we. This is just our reality now. It's great, but that is that is the nonsense that I am here for. The nonsense I'm not here for is the way that Rich's wife handles his very clear like his even in the best circumstance his post-traumatic stress disorder yeah worst circumstance that he's having some sort of mental break in full disassociative episodes because he's hearing his dead brother and like again as you said getting sucked into any puddle of water yeah into like a hypnotic state and her she is it's not her fault she's the worst part of the show yeah like the the she doesn't need to exist. Like, he honestly didn't even need to, he didn't need to have a family. He could have been, the way that he's kind of, when we kind of meet him, he kind of feels like a permanent Bachelor character. Yes. Who, like, you know, dicking around with his brother out in the water. Like, I get, like, having buddies who are concerned about him, and that could be people, like, you know, health checks and things like that. But this, like, the two kids and the nagging shrew wife. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, this show's moving fairly quickly. Like, Let's say it's even been a let's say it's even been a couple of weeks since we started because we're four episodes through now, and I don't even know if it's been that much. Let's say it's been a couple of weeks even. That means it's a couple of weeks since he watched his brother die. Yeah, like he watched his brother be weirdly, frighteningly dragged away from him, and in a normal circumstance, let's just say drown, just just like horrifically drown in front of him in a way that like it's not his fault, but that he like does share some culpability for the circumstance and how it happened like this guy's not gonna be okay and shouldn't be expected to be okay for so long after this and she's and like i think she said multiple times now some variation of he's like you don't believe me and she's like i don't know what to believe it's like no you don't believe him yeah like it's uh, you you actually do know what you believe and it's that you think he's out of his mind like yeah. this whole like make me understand i you know i don't know what to believe it's like they're just handing her platitudes when it's like that's actually not how your character feels you don't believe him he's scaring you he, you think he's like not well to be around your children but like all she does is nag and say nondescript bitchy wife things it she's awful yeah, she is the character that every Breaking Bad stan thought that Walter White's y- wife was. Yes, 
Yes. Like she 100%. When she says to him as she's sending him, again, as you said, it's been only a couple weeks theoretically. Maybe, like, let's say it's a month. He also under, like, not only that his brother drowned, but remember, he floats, he passes out and floats back up to the surface. So yeah. he underwent, he underwent physical trauma as well because you get the bends, you get all sorts of yeah. shit. So he wasn't okay either. No. And she sends him to work with, today's going to be a good day. No hearing voices. Yeah. Like, what? How is that? Oh, no. That's when she sends him to the grocery store after yeah. he's heard voices when he goes back to work. Yeah. And she's like, go make yourself useful. Go make yourself useful. Like, I don't know. Maybe he should spend his days off at home dealing with trauma. No, no, no. Send him to the grocery store. That's a much better plan, lady. And, like, I get that he's, and, like, we we see, like, one moment where he's, resistant to intervention and like that makes total sense but it's not like nobody and yeah it's a different time but like there's not even that different of a time jordan it was 2006 like conversations around mental health and media though were still very different yes but but conversations in existence like we understood the con it's not like this was before this isn't like shell shock this isn't like we didn't know what the term for ptsd was like yeah the vietnam war had happened we know what this is he just just, was never sent to a psychiatrist it seems like it either uh, like She either needs to, this character either needs to, like, fully commit to being all, like, we need to, you know, we need to see somebody, we need to see a counselor, or just be full denial. Like, they have her in this piddly-ass middle space where she's not, like, anti-therapy, but she's also, she's also not, like, she's also not pro, she's just in this waiting middle ground where I kind of just want her to be, like, you're fucking fine. Man up. Like, I want her to just go full villain yeah. or be sympathetic. This, like, bland, characterless, annoying, pl- like, time-sucking person that she is is the worst. Like, go full backwoods, like, Louisiana, anti- like, 5G, COVID's in the cloud type person or be like, I love you and I care about you and we need to find a way to fix this. But like when she just shows up and is like, here, the pharmacist wanted me to give you these pills. It's like, says who? Like the pharmacist just gave you what was on hand. There's no prescription. There was no therapist to be like, you should take these to address these things. He just, your, your local therapist friend gave you a bottle and you're like, take these. Like, get the fuck out of here, lady. I mean, on a, this is an entire show. If you to do the what is this really about at episode three? This is an entire show about people ignoring all the red flags for mental health in every yeah. plot line. Yeah, like honestly, you've got Miles's parents being like, "It's totally fine that our son is being weird around." That like, if I, I if my son and his dirtbag friend mm-hmm. were hanging out in a playhouse all day long and being weird and secretive, I would assume one of three things. Mm-hmm. One, it's porn. Yeah. Fine. Cool. I mean, you've got a room for it, but whatever. It's porn, which the dad, the dad even makes weird jokes about yeah, it. Yeah, the dad makes fact. weird jokes about the it. Dad is, the dad is so fucking, this whole family is so the, goddamn the, the weird. The parents are so, like, the kids make a lot of sense as siblings. Again, Leighton and that boy. There's yes. great, you know, sibling banter. The parents are so, it's so weird. The, okay, so Leighton and so Savannah and Miles, Savannah, Savannah and Miles have great sibling banter, but sometimes it kind of crosses into almost a um, what's it, a uh, cruel intentions vibe. Like, <laughs> they kind of there's like I don't want to say there's sexual tension between them, but there's mm-hmm. a weird sexual un- 
Miles has photos of his sister performing a sex act See, on her boyfriend. That's what that felt. That didn't feel. That felt like something Phil, Miles's friend, would do. But it yes. didn't feel like something Miles would do. No, so like because she, he's obviously keeping the creature, little Nim. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, I'm going to expose you." And he's like, "Well, if you try to do that, it's war." So he's like, "I'm going to tell mom and dad about the party. I'm going to tell mom and dad about Valentine's Day." So there's this idea of Valentine's Day that was introduced, I think, in like earlier that episode, yeah. the prior episode, and. We find out when she, like, comes into his room to just start taking his money from his hiding places. And she's like, that's mine. And, like, you owe me for the jewelry box. But which like, he does owe her for the jewelry box. He broke. Yes. Like, that's not the shitty sister thing. But she walks in. She's taking his money. And he brandishes photos of her doing some compromising thing on a boy on Valentine's Day. And she's like, what do you think mom and dad would think about this? It's like, you're going to show your parents photos of your sister, like, maybe blowing a guy because like they're kids and it's valid i feel like she's giving them a blowjob oh yeah i think that was the this the implication was either blowjob or like <clears throat> a, a very sexy lap dance situation right kind of- yeah like it's the saddest hand job situation yeah. um a very like tragic yellow jackets like first episode moment and it's just like wait how long were you perving through her like open door or through her window to get these photos yeah. just watching your sister have sex with a guy in some capacity it's like that's fucking gross miles that's fucking gross and this is 2005 2006 so this is still pretty pre-digital like we had digital cameras yeah he took that to get developed yeah he took that to a walgreens yeah like that yeah the one that she probably goes and like buys her shampoo at yeah best case scenario he developed it at a school lab but like (laughs) miles doesn't seem like the kind of self-starter to do that sort of thing miles is not one thing i appreciate is that miles is not a genius nerd no he's not that is really nice miles is just a weird fucking kid yeah who has his one weird friend and that's it like miles is just a weird little loser yeah and i that's exactly the kind of kid who would take in a weird at like lizard creature and think that that yeah like that's that all miles as a character makes perfect sense with the exception of how he often interacts with savannah um, but yeah, it again, is such a it is such a God that is <clears throat> I feel like that sibling thing can seem so elusive sometimes on in because because you have, you know, is, you have ostensibly two heterosexual mm-hmm. actors or, you know, heterosexual enough. They're like because there should be sibling tension. There should be like, yeah, but like I feel like that's a hard thing to organically affect and make it look natural. But it does seem to be a common externality of trying to make that energy and accidentally swooping around into sexual energy obviously the extreme example being the Folgers ad oh um, my god Folgers incest ad yes you're my Christmas present this year um then there's currently airing is the bear on FX that people are loving I have not watched the bear and no the two I, things I that either. I know about the bear are that everybody like people think that the homeless looking lead character is sexy. Yes. Um, Jeremy Allen White is a hot man, but like he's like, looks like a greasy, dirty guy in this and people, the internet loves that. Yes. And the do. only other thing I know is that people are like, are Carmi and Sugar going to fuck? And I've come to understand that Carmi and Sugar are brother and sister. And huh. the, there is a, there is a large contingency of viewers of the bear who are like, wait, you're telling me she has a husband and it's, that's not, she's not his ex. And this isn't sexual tension. That's his sister. And Roxana Haddadi, 
I I know you you think this is egregious and horrible, but there are many again, I don't watch this show and the two things I know about it are that people think there is sexual tension between the brother sister character and they like the hot lead guy. Like that's yeah. it. And Io Debri is apparently doing amazing work. Um but yeah, yeah that, it seems like that's a real tough line to walk sometimes and uh, the one i forget the example that was floating around recently on the internet this week people talking about like brother sister weird incest chemistry there was another it was like abc or disney show um where the characters in real life were dating and playing like step siblings in a show obviously there's the brady bunch the whole greg and marcia thing like I mean, this is a time on tradition parenthood i know that i mean that's where laura oh God, graham parenthood and, too parenthood laura graham and uh what's his name square jaw he was on um six feet under peter <laughs> oh peter kraus yeah peter kraus and laura graham met on that night they played siblings on <laughs> um, i mean it is and it is a tradition um yeah at the very least in uh cinema with white people you you look back at at old timey movies especially and it's the are they siblings or married dynamic when like the parents are gone and like a man has to be left in charge of the woman yes. so it falls to her brother as the responsibility and so they like go to a new home together and it's like oh they're wedded no that is her older brother oh okay gosh shoot <laughs> very deceptive and you know here we find ourselves in yeah. 2004 with Miles and Savannah just real weird i think it doesn't help that every scene she's playing against him she's in a bikini yeah that absolutely has an effect that can't help i think that contributes to the cruel intentions thing that you're talking about yeah Catherine is always trying to seduce sebastian in that she's always doing a come hither thing and in this one like savannah's not trying to seduce her brother but every time they have these like tense moments and they're like looking each other up and down accusatorily she's mostly naked like yes. she's in underwear essentially and that exactly affects and that's, things that affects things and then like there yeah so the vibe the whole that whole family's vibe is just <laughs> yeah. fucking, fucking bananas the fact that the dad walks in to his son's room and his son is on the computer and the dad's like one hand in it son yeah it yeah. was like oh my god and then just has the weirdest and then like regardless of what he thinks his son is doing just sits down on the bed and just starts kind of trying to make small talk with him yeah and doesn't and no one at any point is like so you and phil yeah <laughs> because that's like either he and phil are looking at porn they're either looking at porn together they're having sex in that thing yeah or they're doing drugs in that thing those are the yeah. three options we have 14 year old boy who's going into a playhouse with his best friend yeah and again the everyone on this show ignores all the red flags for everybody in their family <laughs> um i did like that the dad is like they're building a fort Kids yeah, build forts. Kids build forts. They, and they I, are 14. And, sure, and kids like, build forts. Miles and Phil would build a fort. But like, like, okay, they're building a fort. Go look inside. Yeah. Just see what's in the fort. Yes. Like the I, utter, the utter has lack a padlock of curio- on his fort. Yeah. Does that Curiosity not and supervision you? is like anybody. Is anybody doing anything? Is any child being watched? Or monitored or cared for in this home. Couldn't say. I, it is It is truly, when you look at this, you're like, oh, this is the kind of family who accidentally raises a school shooter purely because they're like, <laughs> yeah, we had no idea that he was a, he was accumulating that much nitroglycerin in, in the playhouse. We just <laughs> thought that, that was his fort. Like, what did you think he was doing with a toolbox? What did you think he was doing with a toolbox? Yeah. And when the dad shows up angry because the Miles has taken his toolbox and has left it in the playhouse and the dad shows up furious and like miles and phil are clearly 
you know, up to something. They're up to something. They're like, up they're, to something. They're being weird. You can tell they're being weird. And the dad's like, oh, there it is. And then takes his toolbox and leaves. I'm like, you have no further questions? <laughs> Nothing? You're no not gonna, curiosity. No, you're, no you're not inquiries here. No, just like, my these are my tools. Like, this is like, this is like, what are you making? Like, yeah. some level of interest in what your son is doing. Like you said, in his padlocked dollhouse. Yeah, but no, no, no. And again, there is a part of me that's like, you know what? I'm fine with that because I don't need the added complication of Miles's parents being like a pim and, you know, on his on his ass and everything. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I don't need that plot. But it is really glaring how free range Miles is in this show. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is free range. Um, And, and the parents, like, I guess they like I would assume they have full time jobs. Um, I don't think his mother does. I can't. His maybe his like, mother's like a real. Nobody seems to ever be home with them. Yes, either. maybe the mom's like a mo- the mom has a realtor vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Yeah, and the mom has like Annette Benning in. <laughs> she's like Southern like Annette Benning in American Beauty vibe. Yeah, <laughs> I and and like apparently the only one at the table who is Christian. Yes, she's like Miles. It's your turn to say grace and like. Clearly, Savannah doesn't care. Miles is like, uh, okay. And when he sits down, and, like, when Miles folds his hands for prayer, his dad just, like, kind of rolls his eyes, like, your mom, am I right? It's like, his mom just going to church by herself. Like, it's just this, yeah. that's just her thing she does on her own. Okay. The, yeah, weird detail. It's a weird, the dad's character is is very much that, like, I'm not a regular dad. I'm a cool dad. Yeah, he feels like midlife crisis dad. Yeah, no, I feel like in the in the next season or in two, once he, I, he, the dad never meets Lake Bell, but I feel like he would be real weird if you ever met he Dr. Be Laura He so Daughtry. weird. He would stare at her chest. Yes, yes. He would and be he very would, indiscreet about it. And he would, he would bring weird, it up to his son later. I was going to say, he'd make weird comments about it. Like, oh, you and an older woman, huh? It's like, no, that would be statutory rape. He's 14. Yeah, he's 14. Yeah. She's like, nah, I got a kid back home. <laughs> I already got one. I yeah. Need to. <laughs> like, technically, I'm mom, but like, I'm, nah, I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm just wanting to, like, I'm feeling like Rich and Laura are destined, but also, like, do I want to deal with that? Like, I just want the wife character out of the picture, but I also don't want her to be, like, the scorned wife because her um you know declining husband has another woman like it just it feels like time is inevitably bringing them back together and I just feel like I need I need the Avengers to start assembling here we've been separate for too long because again I'm I'm operating with the awareness that we only get one season here yeah and like we're starting to get they tease it with Miles and Rich connecting on a message board yes I I like time honored tradition of the of the early 2000s yes yeah. Young men chatting with older men on the internet, unbeknownst. Mm. Nobody has any idea, and that is just fine. God. It is. But yeah, no, they, that's, a, like, I know, I'm sure that there was a plan to make Rich and Laura endgame. Um, there's no world in which I care about seeing Laura romantically paired with anybody ever. Yeah, me And neither. not just because I'm like, and not just because I'm like, ah, uh, women, not not for my usual, like, men are terrible reasons. Just because, like, that doesn't, Laura is a, a deeply sexless character. Uh-huh. There is, even when she's, like, kind of low-key flirting with Jackson, the boat guy, there's never a real sense, you can, you kind of get the feeling that the one time that they had sex was more of a feeling of her being like, ugh, 
yeah, fine. Like I need, I need to do this for physical reasons. This will clear my mind. I will have <laughs> yeah. sex. Like it is a mechanical act. There is not a passion aspect. It is very like, I could see it being very analytical for her being like, well, this is a thing that my body needs. So I'm yeah. just going to have sex with Jackson <laughs> and it'll be fine. And then she realized immediately after like, oh no, Jackson has feelings and emotions like yeah. other people. And that was not something I anticipated. Um, I like Jackson. I Jackson, I think through the pure charm of the actor. Yeah. Because he could so easily have gone into shitty nice guy territory. Yeah. And it's just the pure charm of like Jackson to me. Uh, Jackson's the way the actor plays Jackson reminds me a lot of as weird as this comparison is the way that the actor played Tim in Jurassic Park. Like, oh, interesting. I see Tim grown up as Jackson. There's a real like sweetness and a sort of not in curiosity, but like along for the ride because of hero worship. There's something that really works for me about Jackson and he could have just as easily been awful. Yeah. You know, I think Jackson, I think Jackson respects. Um, I think black Jackson respects uh, Laura Daughtry. Yeah. And, you know, perhaps he's a misogynist in the way that all men are to some degree and the way that all we straight men are to some degree. But I, when he's like, you're, she's like, yes, I'm using you. Like, I need this yeah. thing from you. Yes, I'm using you. And he's like, you think you can just like come out here and ask me to take a boat out to go hunt down some whales or this, that, the other. He's like, I like your style. It's like, okay, yeah. you get her. Like, you, you get her deal. Yeah. And you're trying to force an issue because you want to be with her. And she's like, I don't give a shit about any of that. And, but like, you are attracted to what she honestly is, not because you have an idea of what she is. Yeah, that is true. There is, and I like there that. is a sense of respect that he has for her that we don't often get with these kinds of characters, and so it is really nice. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember what happens with Jackson in the show. I remember very little about. Like when he popped back up, I was like, "Oh right, that guy with the floppy <laughs> hair." Right. Well, um, at this point, at this point, um, the assistant, the helper of Circo, has mm-hmm. kind of they've kind of discerned that he's a mutant now. Yes. Because of his, like, exposure to the creature DNA, the way he, like, healed in the hospital. So that's, like, they kind of set that up like it was going to be this secret that was going to, like, play out over time. But now Circo's like, you're, fi- you're fine. You've recovered. Like, clearly something happened to you. So it's not like he's not, like, some sort of secret mole now on behalf of the creatures, like, part of some hive mind, like, it's Pacific Rim. Yeah. And Circo's, like... Circo is the most, like, that actor just plays the most presumed evil characters, but he's the one who's like, we could eradicate disease with this thing. Like, he's, and and Lee, the the government fixer, he's, like, fucking over Daughtry. And so Circo's like, oh, so you're, you're just gonna ruin her, you're gonna ruin her career. You know, she has a son, right? Like, we're getting the evidence that Circo is actually a guy who cares, and Circo maybe wants to pursue these creatures because he would love to like eradicate cancer like he would love to make disease a thing of the past could be a good guy circo doesn't doesn't feel like the like the corporate scientists we often get yes yes yeah and that's and that's why like again back to your thing of wanting to see laura with circo that's why the two of them would be really fun because they do they they aren't I, working both, at cross I think they're both purposes. united in this. Yeah. I love the moment when he he smears the goo on his hand and just puts it over the Bunsen burner. Yeah, that was I think, great. Like, I also you And know, the guy's like, what are you doing? And he's just holding his hand over the fire and nothing's fire. happening. He just goes, Nothing. Yeah. It's like, oh great. 
I love, and you know, I love a, a dramatic um, example set before government officials. So when they broke out the, um, God, what was that fish? They they broke out that endemic, the the fish at the government meeting and was like, this is this fish from China. And <laughs> yeah. see, it's like, what? You had to get two very large fish tanks into a government building to demonstrate <laughs> something that a slideshow could have accomplished. Yeah, man. yeah. I it's I no love it. peach with a it's no like peach with a blowtorch, but it's not. But it's 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 pretty close. I, it's good fish carnage. It's it's really it to me that would have been a real distraction in the room. But like if I were in the room, I'd be like, well, wait, can we go back to the fish? What are we doing about the fish, man? Like that would have been my focus. Hold on, hold oh, on. I, I'm really disturbed about this fish situation. But I appreciate that, like, we got that moment. Because it's such a... one. Th this show, as much as you want to say, you know, it pulls from everything in the Steven Spielberg canon. Like, sure. you, you, constant E.T., constant Jaws, constant all of it, e. close encounters. It, this show cannot exist without Steven Spielberg. If if you blip Steven Spielberg out of the cultural canon, this show blips Vanishes. out. Vanishes, yeah, but it also like this show knows it's disaster stuff because that example moment is such such a well executed that, God, that really that that's our, our really piece, some of the best that disaster does that oh <laughs> sorry that's really some of the best that disaster like that is that is yeah. consistently one of the great th scenes in any disaster thing is is the like and now the scientists will prove something to the government with an example yeah. and oh, we get another and we God. get another great moment disaster moment which is the helicopter the specialist coming in or the specialist being abducted by helicopter yeah. you know <laughs> it's so i good. love a specialist abduction by helicopter too like that arrival moment you get the jurassic park helicopter arrival any of those things when someone shows up dramatically in a helicopter to find the specialist Love yeah. it. And Laura shows up at the at the you know at the seaside at nine p nine a.m. having gotten her sitter and she's like, Come on, Circo, where are you? And he shows up dramatically in a fucking helicopter <laughs> yeah. to again just show like her thing. Just in Sausalito. Somewhere yeah. in Sausalito. And to take her off the shore to the Juan de Fuca plate that he could have shown her slides of. Yeah. And instead he's like, No, you have to go see this the underwater volcano for yourself. Yeah. And I'm not going to let you be involved in any of this, but I'm going to show you this thing that's yeah. going to make you, I'm going to say, leave it alone. I'm going to say, drop it. And then I'm going to keep showing you things that are going to make sure you absolutely, definitely do not fucking drop this issue. Yeah. Like, hey, here's here's more puzzles. But as a scientist, I know you are deeply incurious. Yeah. So it's going to be okay. And so also, this, okay. Is, leave those this puzzles. is specifically those puzzles. the area where you were, because he takes her specifically back to the spot where she saw the sea monsters. <laughs> that's, right. that's what's so bananas about it, is that it's like, it's not, sorry, my voice was getting, wait, apology, Jane Lynch audio warning there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Jane Lynch audio warning. Um. There's a Jane Lynch audio warning on this episode. <laughs> Because I just got, I was, that was a cadence only dogs could hear. But yes, he takes her back to exactly where she filmed the sea monster in the first place. And is like, look at how the seafloor has changed. I know that's your specialty. Yeah. Don't ask more questions. Yeah. I know you've been obsessing about this. Yeah. And this will surely not lead you down a path of further spiraling. No way. Yeah. No, not a chance. Now, if this were like, if this were a, a cable show, at that point, Lee would have held her out over the ocean and been yeah. like, this is what happens when you ask questions. Don't ask more right, questions. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, like she would be dangling from that helicopter. Right, but 
Instead, we just get Circo being like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Don't ask more questions. Yeah, not like like handing her a photo of her son being like, it would be a shame if anything happened to him. Nope. Which feels like what Lee would do. Yes, exactly. Or at least that Lee would be like, it's nice that you have custody. You know, custody can be changed. Yeah, exactly. I like that. I like that they didn't. I like that they didn't start with stuff like that. And he was like, I'm going to I'm going to get you accused of plagiarism. Like, yeah, like a really inside baseball academia it's thing so... to do. Instead so of just specific. like she came home and she didn't have a home one day. Yeah. Like foreclosed, burned down, kids standing outside holding a stuffed animal and that's it. Yeah, no, it's it's perfect because we get an entire subplot about the nuances of plagiarism on academic works. Yeah, we really, that like, they hit that a couple times in this episode. And, like, the way she's like, you got me accused of plagiarism? Like, the the heat with which the word plagiarism is used is, is incredibly satisfying. Yeah, it was, I just, I love thinking about having to pitch that to the network and be like, and then lead a stopper and the network's like, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Suggests that three paragraphs of her thesis were plagiarized. God, we love it. That's going to place. That's a very we that's love great that. for a visual medium. Yeah. I love this goddamn show. We're going to so have much. her hold her book and be like, so much for that. Yeah. <laughs> While listening to audio. I like I, I like the uh, I love I, I like the little watch that she wears. It mm-hmm. does feel like a it does feel like a character appropriate watch that she would wear. It's something like, you know, water safe and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I do like that when she was, you know, I, I just remembered like going back to the bikini, um, that it wasn't like, she didn't like put on like a wetsuit under her clothes. Like, cause you know, she fucking has one. Like yes. she didn't put like, she went straight up for her lounge, her lounge swimwear. It has like cutouts on the side of it. And it's yes. like a lovely coral bright color. It's a beautiful color. It's a, it's, it's a, a, it's a beautiful bikini. It's like, a great it's, bikini. That's an expensive yeah. ass bikini. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's for sure. Expensive swimwear. But like, you, like this feels like a woman who would be out there in like short, in a, in a, like a, a pair of like, yeah, the short. Uh, wait, I know, uh, wet, like a, a short sweats, like um, wetsuit. Yeah, where like the sleeves go down to about the elbow, the legs go down to about above the knee. Like that's what she's going out there in. It's not just that. That's what she's like. That's not what it feels like. That's practical. She's yes, up exactly. in Sausalito. She's up in Monterey. You know how cold the water is down here. Would you Ooh. ever? Yeah, yeah. this is the, the water Pacific. up there. This is this not is the, the Atlantic. Pacific. And this is further because she's further north. Ooh, like, yeah, they would have to go further north for this. They're really far offshore. That water is cold as Ooh, fuck, yeah, man. Freezing. Yeah. And she's just jumping in and in a really cute pool bikini. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tanning bikini. Yeah. And it's which you know what? Like, I appreciate that they opted instead to give us the the exact body that created my dysmorphia for another 10 years. <laughs> yeah. But. Also, no, like reality, reality indexing. Yeah, there's no world in which she could have done any of the things she did in that water in that bikini because she would have been too goddamn cold. And Her the wetsuit arm... would have looked fucking hot, too. They wouldn't have lost anything with the wetsuit. Right. No, the Come wetsuit, she, they could have they could have done a sexy like with sexy, not cutouts, but like it could have been unzipped. colors. Yeah, it could have been a tactical uh, to a degree before she like, all right, I'm going in and like zips yeah. it back up to the neck. Like they could have they could have done both, but they chose not to. They yeah, made this her beach day on the boat. Again, like the show's two highest budgets were the CGI and the bikini budget. 
yeah, because bikinis are not cheap, ladies and gentlemen. Like, they're, you know, they're target options and things like that. But, like, unless you're, like, looking for a deal, swimwear is unbelievably expensive for women. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, that bikini was absolutely $150. I would love to, like, if ever I somehow ended up in a casual conversation with Leighton Meester, I would love to be like, listen, I'm not going to, like, pepper you with questions, but I just want to know one thing. How how many shoot days did you spend the majority of them in a bikini when you were making surface? How many of the shoot days? And was it actually warm outside or was that thing where you have to fake like it's warm and you're actually freezing your ass off? I mean, I think that if you ask, honestly, uh, that would probably be the one question she'd want to answer because she's probably sick of answering like the the go-to questions that people would ask. I would guarantee you'd be the first person to ever ask her about surface in any way, (laughs) shape, or form. I mean, yeah, I feel like Blair Waldorf really overshadows some things. Yeah. I might have to get one follow, I might have to get one follow-up in about uh, Good Girls Go Bad by, um, you know. Yeah. By by Cobra Starship, (laughs) sure. Yeah, by Cobra Starship. Uh, and that wonderful music video. But, like, really, I, I just want to know, like, did was it actually, like, 50 in, in like, November? And yeah, in North Carolina. Summer. Yeah, like, or, like, there was, this has nothing to do with anything, but there's, um, I think it's Camp Rock 2, mm-hmm. which we watched at one of Sam's movie nights. And it's supposed to be, I'm pretty sure, a summer camp, but it's absolutely like a fucking winter like you look at the trees it's like it's cold outside (laughs) there's no leaves the ones that are like dead like Mm -hmm. and yet this has to function like a summer camp so there are just certain things where you're watching them do it's like these kids are sitting outside at night freezing like and there there's one where like at the i think it's at the very end they're like all around a campfire and it starts to drizzle and oh it's like, oh my god, this is probably like some cold ass night in Toronto or something, and you're getting like a winter drizzle, and these kids are like in tank tops and t-shirts. And Poor Sam Demi was, like, Lovato. We were watching it. And Sam was like, "They all died. All of kids. <laughs> this was the last movie they ever made. They froze to death. Like, <laughs> it's truly like the degree to which." Um, just those Disney TV movies kind of just casually committed child abuse is really fascinating. <laughs> My God. Well, yeah. as like, I, I, and yeah, this is nothing to do with anything either, but like the idea of what was it? Um, My love, Kaya Scodelario. Kaya mm-hmm. Scodelario posted on TikTok this week. Just like a great little, great little joke. Oh, the video. skins thing? Yeah, where she yes. was like li- sitting there with a look of horror on her face. And she's like, when you're watching Euphoria, but you re- like when you're horrified and watching Euphoria, but you realize that you were doing like, then you remember what you were doing at 14 on skins. And she just makes this face of resignation like, well, like, yeah. and then I think in her caption, she's like, yeah safety measures really weren't the same then like they were really weren't what they are today um back then it's like jesus god and and, you know gen z if you're out there uh skins skins ran so euphoria could run itself into a brick wall i won't say skins walked because skins never walked. no skins never walked skins i think i watched like six episodes of skins i was like i can't you know what i'm out i'm out i couldn't do it I was like, this is too, they're too compromised. They're too young. This is all too British. So it feels too real and too adult. I absolutely could, could not put myself through skins. Yeah. I, this is, don't blame you. And that's why I can't do euphoria either. And it's just like, you know, I just don't want to, 
don't want to see kids being adults. No, it's I don't just... want to see kids being adults. And that like, you know, I, I speaking of our Leighton Meester here, you know, it was it was I, I do miss sometimes when teen when teen shows were uh, were not teens being adults. And they were yeah. just things like, you know, because they were kind of adulty in Gossip Girl and they were adults, but they but were like in that way that kids pretend to be adults. Right. They were it was very much the it felt less like adults and more like it reminded me a lot of when I tur- when I went to college and my girlfriends and I freshman year would be like, oh, we're having our sex in the city trip out to this. Like, we're out in the <laughs> yeah. city being crazy. And it's like, being okay, crazy. we're eating mozzarella sticks at the one bar that doesn't card. Like, that was, <laughs> that was really what Gossip Girl, like, but with a much higher budget always felt like. Like, they were never, <laughs> I, like, yeah, they were having sex, but it was never like they were having crazy. They weren't, like, in, like, they weren't doing you know ketamine and having sex. <laughs> they were having like what i assume was bad high school sex yeah yeah fun i know but can you i mean what's crazy again is that this show she books like if surface had more seasons we might not have gotten blair waldorf yeah n- I, do you i <clears throat> because that that would have been like this was the year prior show yeah like, yeah this would have been her her first position shit like man yeah, I mean, you can write it's tough. I think that they because, could. Like, like, I want more surface, but I don't not want Blair Waldorf as yeah. I know her. I mean, you, the good thing is that Savannah is a minor enough character that I am sure they could have basically like it's not as if she's going to be needs to be around a bunch. But it's really weird to watch this and be like, she is one one audition away from becoming an iconic character. And there is a separate path where she keeps having to just kind of play these like amorphous hotly like hot yeah. characters yeah it, it should of being mm-hmm. a sort of casualty is a strong word but in its way sort of like a casualty of the 2000s yes she would exactly. have been you're, you're right she would have kind of been like recycled into sassy hot rolls yes she like would have on been a loop she she would have wound up getting eaten in piranha 3d <clears throat> that feels like really possible yeah yeah, she would have. She would have been. She would have been one of Danielle Panabaker's friends mm-hmm. in something like that. Yeah, because uh, like I love Leighton Meester, but I don't know if it hadn't been for Blair Waldorf that she would have broken through into. I, it, was like, the, it was the perfect. It was the perfect role. At the perfect time. Yeah, exactly. The perfect, role the perfect time. Exactly. So, like, it's there is an alternate timeline where like she doesn't get she doesn't get Gossip Girl and Surface is like not a footnote in her career, but maybe the most work she gets. Which is a crazy alternate what a world door scenario. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, makes a meal of what she's got. Oh yeah, no, the, Savannah. Savannah will let you know she is there. Savannah yeah. scenes. She is oh, the character is fully developed from the jump. We mm-hmm. get her. We know her. We understand her. I I I love what she's bringing to this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just love Laura Daughtry. I fucking love Lake Bell in this, man. I I was saying this to somebody the other day. Like, I it is true. I will watch Lake Bell in just about anything. Like, yes, I watch. She's an appointment actor. Yeah, like I watched Bless This Mess, the the (laughs) sitcom on ABC. I watched every. I've watched every episode. Like, I watched every week that it aired. I didn't just like, (laughs) oh, I'll catch this on one on a binge later. Like, no, it's like, oh, new one, cool, yes, yes. Not because I liked anything else about that show. It was fine. It was cute. I'm not denigrating the show. Yeah. It was specifically. I was like, I will show up for Lake Bell. 
<laughs> every time. Show up for Lake Bell the way that people show up for Nicole Kidman in an AMC theater. Like that is yep. my. Yep. Because she's just, she makes, she makes it work. Like it doesn't matter what the part is. She'll make it work. <laughs> she's just so goddamn charming. She's so charming. I love her. Oh my God. She, I mean, she's in a cast full of spectacular voice actors on Harley Quinn. Her oh work man. Poison Ivy is just fantastic. <laughs> what a, what a great combo. Kaylee Cuoco and Lake Bell, man. Oh, I, I would like that as a regular real life, like, that should be just a couple. Yeah, tall. I love a tall girl. Recently say like I'm never getting married again because I, I think she like recently. I think maybe yes. she recently got divorced, and uh, she's like yeah. that multiple marriages. Like, like I'll be with people, but like I'm not getting married again. You know what? I just think you haven't realized you've met the right woman yet, Kaylee Cuoco, and that right woman is Lake Bell. I just want. I I don't know if Kaylee Cuoco is short, but I imagine that she and Lake Bell would have a tall girlfriend, short girlfriend vibe, and I really want that for them. <laughs> That might, again, be me projecting by just looking at the animatics of um, Harley Quinn. But, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, if you guys aren't watching, is a great fucking show. Like, what a what a <clears throat> I will. I am, I am looking it up now just out of curiosity. Kaylee Cuoco is 5'6". She has, I gotta say, Kaylee Cuoco, she has short girl energy. Like, if you had told me she's 5'2", I would I kind of would assume that she's, like, six feet tall for some reason. Really? Oh, yeah. I always think that she's got to be, like really short and, <laughs> and i i also think of lake bell is tall i think lake bell yeah. is tall i i assume lake bell is five foot nine and you know in heels is six foot two and Oof. yeah that's that's the thing right there i know that's what you like I, that's <laughs> I, that's just what like lake bell's entire vibe is just tall willowy weirdo <laughs> It's fine. It's, we're not even recapping surface particularly no. anymore. This is really just a Lake Bell appreciation podcast. This is a Lake Bell appreciation cast. And I think that that's long overdue. Oh, God, yes. I think that's a long overdue thing. Um, but I do think that means that we have found our way to the end of this installment. I think so, too. Which is exciting, though, Jordan, because you know what we're doing next week or this whenever we reappear. You're going to tell this me is... more about it. Okay, hold on. You know, and I want to, I apologize. I want to give credit. This was... Bring a harmonica. The cinephile novelist pointed us to this. Um, and guys, thank you so much. I know you guys a lot of the time send us recommendations um, on Twitter, and it's always awesome. We do have lists running on uh, Letterbox that you can check out. Mm-hmm. And I most of the time remember to update them and sometimes do not, but most of the time do. But thank you guys for making these recommendations. Um, and in this case, it is for Tentacles, which yeah. is a movie from 1977. The tagline, it's turning the beach into a buffet and it it stars a very important person so we've got most importantly podcast she doesn't get top billing she's got second billing but she's going to be at top billing in our hearts this of course stars shelly winters as a character named tilly shelly fucking winters as tilly turner i i know not like supposedly according again according to um our twitter friend According to Bringer Harmonica, she is searching for her third husband. I can't wait. I don't. <laughs> you don't have to tell me anything more than Shelly Winters is looking for a third husband, and I am signed on for whatever programming it is. No, that sounds that sounds outstanding. But this I also am so has excited. Jordan. This isn't just Shelly Winters, though. Oh, this that's right. A, you said this has a compelling cast. This has a who's who of like really. You guys got signed on for this. We got John Huston. Or Houston. Houston. I never know. John Houston. Houston. John Houston. We've got John Houston gets top billing here. Um, Bo Hopkins. Henry fucking Fonda. Hen- wow. That guy really. 
that guy really went the disaster route at a certain juncture in his career. He really did. And then we've got a lot of Italian actors um, because, shocker, this is <laughs> in the post Jaws world, Italian cinema. Um, several people disappear from and at the sea. Their bodies are found gnawed to the skeleton. Even the marrow is missing. The Whoa. scientists have no idea which animal could do such things. Dr. Turner begins to suspect that the company which builds a tunnel beneath the bay may have poisoned the environment and caused an octopus to mutate to giant dimensions. I mean, Can't. that's plus Shelly Winters. Like, I've plus got everything Shelley I Winters. need. You tell me giant octopus, you tell me Shelly Winters, yeah, and I right. say when and where. That is, yeah, that's the exactly that's the exact response. Give me mm -hmm. a when and a where. Yeah, so that is um, streamable on one of our favorite services, Tubi. Thank God for uh, Tubi as well. Yeah, it's also on TCM. Well, Shelly's a classic. She is a classic. Shelly and her two Oscars. She's a classic. Oh my God, I love that story so much. That's a great story. I. Now that, you know, the, the if you could have dinner with anybody dead or alive, and it was always like, because I, it was always like, well, my grandmother, I'd love to see her again. And now I'm like, I'm really sorry, Bibi. It do you might think, have do you to think be your grandma Shelley. would be like, go with Shelly Winters? No, she'd be mad. Okay, okay, just checking. No, she wouldn't be okay with that. Like, <laughs> she, she very much liked being alive, and I would imagine she would love the opportunity to be reanimated for a night. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I used to be my grandmother, and then the queen of england because apparently she's a very good sense of humor oh okay um yeah no she i weirdly know someone who knows someone who has is like i have a a third or fourth degree to the royal, just distantly royal family and she's like <laughs> yeah she's actually very funny and I'm like that's fascinating to me i want to know more about the queen with a sense of humor but shelly winters has just since this podcast started has completely booted everybody else on that line she seems it, like she'd be a real card she seems like a time. I, I want to read. I, I got to read her autobiography because apparently it's just about, about all the men she fucked. Wow. Okay, Shelly. Oh, Shelly got around. All like, right. Shelly. Shelly and Nancy Reagan, huh? You know, well, yeah. Shelly. Shelly didn't need to brag about being the throat goat. Oh, uh, my God. Shelly was a babe in her like. Oh, yeah. Shelly was, yeah. Shelly Shelly was, was a babe. Shelly was a babe. Shelly was a babe. And she. um you know, just cut a lot of ass and good for her. Like she slept her way through. She slept her way through Hollywood and wrote about it. Um, so, yeah. So this is we got tentacles coming up. Cannot fucking wait. But in the meantime, Jordan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jor Crew, J-O-R-C-R-U. Uh, and you can check out the Feeling Scene pod, of course, as always. Uh, Ots Tyrion back catalog, whole movie podcast back catalog, podcast in there. Uh, the most recent season. So just, yeah, hours and hours of podcasting. So much podcasting. Yeah. You can have just endless Jordan if you so wish. You Yeah, basically, because we're coming up on season three of this show. Oh, my God. I know. I can't believe it. I can't believe what an innocent time we began with. In my apartment, 2019, yeah. planet or sorry, in my apartment early, tw was it early 20? Yeah, it was 2019. It had to have been because I think wasn't Crawl like a winter release or something. No, no, like no. That? It was no, it was August 2019. It was August. Okay, okay. It was yeah, and we. Cluster. It was a summer. It was a summer drop, and we, you, me, and Jason sitting around that glass table in my studio. Wow. Yeah, recording vol I, volcano was our first. Gosh. I mean, because we were like, if we're gonna go big, we're gonna go big. Yeah, we've got to we've got to establish the tone. We've got to yeah. establish the tone. 
So we, we did Tommy Lee Jones fights a volcano. So yeah, we're coming up on three years. Congratulations to us. Jesus. I know. Amazing. I know. We've Amazing survived. Work we've us. survived now one pandemic heading into a second pandemic. Yeah. Pox. Just, we're going know. fucking medieval. There's a pox. I, I hope that one day, like, I hope that one day historians use our podcast specifically to be like, what were the people like at the time? And it's like, oh, uh, they listened to Disaster Girls. Of the return of the pox. Mm-hmm. Monkey How did pox. monkey pox? So uh, anyway, I'm Amanda Smith says on Twitter, I am currently in Twitter jail. I most likely will end up getting banned at some point. So I do have a backup account. Okay. Yeah. Why are, did somebody report you or something? Yeah. So what happened was um, a couple months ago, I was in a, someone was being anti-Semitic. And yes. so I said, I hope that all your teeth rot out of your head except for one, which okay. is an old, it's an old Yiddish curse. Okay. I hope that, you know, may all your teeth rot out of your head except for one so that that one tooth may give you pain. Okay. Okay. Yiddish curses are so fucking brutal. I love it. There's another one. It's like, may you have a house of a hundred with a hundred bedrooms and the fever drive you to each from each room. Uncom- like, and you, you never find comfort. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Just brutal, yeah, brutal curses. Um, yeah, you don't fuck with Yiddish curses. But anyway, so I, I said that and of course got reported uh, for wishing ill upon someone and, and violent, wishing you that, know. that. Mm-hmm. So that got me booted wow. for, for one day. I was put in Twitter jail for 24 hours for that. Um, and then someone else was arguing with me or was, was claiming to intellectually engage with me about abortion sure, I was like of course well obviously if you support abortion you would support abortion at 39 weeks and I was like okay you're using a straw man argument yes yes and nobody who's having an abortion at 39 weeks is having it like as a my body my choice thing it's no that's a that's a life of the mother that's, that's like, a life of the mother is... like or the child has died or has yeah. no there's no like this is something has gone horribly wrong at yeah that point. this someone is this is an ectopic pregnancy like no ectopic you're you're out by in the, you know 15 weeks because if it can't Oof. keep going after like Oof. ectopics are really early this Got is it. something has gone catastrophically wrong with a wanted child and that child is either going to kill the mother or the baby has already Mm-mm-mm. you know um and this is not someone being like ah you know i went through 30 i changed my mind yeah, I'm tapping out. I, birth doesn't seem like fun anymore. And I'm yeah. not in for 18 years. So I was like, you're obviously doing a story. I was, I was like arguing with him. And he kept being like, but you, you know, he's like, oh, no, I support abortion. And if you support abortion, you'll support abortion through 39 weeks. And I was oh like, oh, my God. And finally, I was, I was like, you are very clearly having, you know, you are very, very clearly arguing this in bad faith. And I hope that you get hemorrhoids. And uh, he reported that as wishing harm upon someone. And I was banned for a week. Seriously? Yeah. Come the fuck on. Yeah, so I have been in Twitter jail for a week. Um, and since that's my second infraction, if I accidentally wish ill on someone a third time, which is possible because, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of awful people out there, um, then my account gets banned. Wow. So, yeah. So um, if you want to follow my backup, I'm Amanda Smith times two. So Amanda Smith X two on my backup account uh-huh. um, it is mostly dormant, except for this past week where I've been like, I can't not tweet. That would be insane. <laughs> Who are you talking about? I'm supposed to just take a week off of Twitter like a healthy person? No. Right. I have thoughts. I need to yell obscene things about baseball. Um, it's the, literally tis the season. It is. Yeah. This is. That would be like asking a fish not to swim. <laughs> the so, shark would die. Yeah, exactly. You can't you can't make me stop swimming. That's how I get my air. Likewise, likes are how I get my serotonin. Yes. Um. So, yeah, so that's so if anybody out there is listening and happens to know anyone at Twitter safety and you want to, like, 
ask them to remove those strikes from my record for absolutely fucking innocuous things. Very, I, be I would say innocuous. I would say innocuous. Yeah, I am also doing a really fun running thread on the burner account of uh, everybody on Twitter who uses the term oven dodgers that Twitter doesn't think oh. is a slur. Oh my God. Wow. And guess, spoiler alert, it's every time. Jesus Christ. Yeah, despite like every single I have I have been reporting these all consistently and Twitter does not think any comment that I've used a couple different search terms for common slurs against Jews and Twitter doesn't think any of those are um, hate speak or referencing like but, specifically but, you, but you've been wishing ill upon people. I've been wishing harm on people by hoping they get hemorrhoids because I have that power Jordan I have the ability you do to give someone hemorrhoids and make all their teeth rot out. As as um, I was watching as, an episode of Bewitched last night, you know, mm -hmm. it's not witchcraft, it's wishcraft. <laughs> it's a powerful form of magic on its own. Yeah, you know, my, my dark Jew magic. Um, <laughs> so yeah, as so the that's, wandering Jew. As the wandering Jew. The wandering Jew. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Wow. Oh boy. Oh, that was. God, Wandering Earth was such a good movie. Anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, so anybody out there who happens, so the two calls to action this week, or three calls to action this week, guys. One, rate and review us. Yes. Two, if you know anybody related to the Pate brothers, hook us up. Yep. And three, if you know anyone at Twitter Safety, let them know that Oven Dodgers is actually a pretty horrifying slur against Yeah, Jews. that's really bad. Yeah. But the amazing thing is, like, when you report, they specifically say referencing an act of genocide. It's in there. It's built in I mean, to Twitter's. It's, that's it's literally what quite it's literally like the only thing it's referencing. It like, is quite literal. It's not that like. It seems like that tag was made specifically for Holocaust slander. One would think. Like, like somebody probably thought of that because they were like, yeah, there's like people make anti-Semitic comments that have to do with the Holocaust. So we're going to put this fucking genocide option in here. Mm, no. <laughs> no. Nope, nope, nope. It's a horrifying thread, and every day it gets worse. Because oh I just, my God. Because as someone with the with Laura Daughtry's microfocus, my new thing is I'm just like I'm just gonna search this every day and take screenshots and then report it, and I'll make it's it healthy and for you. Totally healthy. This yeah, is a great way for, for me. You. This is good. This is good and normal that's not behavior. Have any deleterious effects. Nope, nope, not at all. Definitely <laughs> not gonna arrange a class action suit among people who have reported these things and then been told otherwise and then been booted off of Twitter for an... Yeah, no, it's fine. Anyway, point yes. is, guys, rate and review us on Twitter. On yes, please. Rate, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, on mm -hmm. Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Please share us with friends and family and loved ones and people you hate. Yeah. You know, there have been... There have been a couple people who have been... Um, I appreciate I th it was Casper Van Grace Van Dean the other day was asking about podcasts that she would that should be recommended Grace. and I don't remember guess who tagged what? Us, someone tagged us and was like you should listen to Disaster <laughs> Girls and you know what there was They're no fans podcast. of your dad I 100% replied I was like no one appreciates your dad the way that we appreciate your dad yeah we do no, no one we, no we, one he's will... he's he's a top billing kind of guy around here oh yeah he is the chaotic good to Dean Cain's chaotic evil. That is true. That is, yeah. I think, the exact taxonomy there. Yeah. Anyway, um, and we'll be back next week, guys, for tentacles. Tentacles and Shelly motherfucking Shelley Winters. Shelly fucking Winters. And I don't think she dies in this one. Thank God. Protect Shelly yes. Winters. Oh, uh, let Shelly Winters live. Let, let her live. Let her live with her two Oscars. Yes. Okay. We'll see y'all back next week, guys. Bye. Bye.
thatmightbecool.com. You never know.